A one, two, two three, four. T to G to I to F to T to G to I to F to F. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. T to G to I to F to T to G to I to F to F. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first Friday. Hello, everybody. I am Deacon Luke Rawicki. And I am Brother Andrew Tori. And we are bringing this episode of First Friday of January 2022 from Dallas. And from Rome. And so today's episode, you're going to feel sort of like you just walked into like a zoo. And that's because today we're going to be talking about different types of birds to look out for. So Brother Andrew, can you just like... There it is. That that's already one. And so as you as you join us in this jungle of ideas and uh, conversation and discussion, uh, feel free to also enter the privacy of your car, make some bird sounds, or while you're on your run, you know, <laughs> bring bring the same safari safari and joy to others around you. So, brother Andrew, what what is this whole bird nonsense all about? Well, brother Luke. We just celebrated 81 years as a religious order, Legionaries of Christ. Uh, our anniversary is on January 3rd, and we were founded in 1941, so 81 years ago. And everybody knows our history. You know, we've had a kind of a checkered past, but, but we have amazing priests who want to transform the world. And one of the key parts of transforming the world is changing culture, right? Not only changing it, but also seeing positive elements that are in culture and potentializing them. Did I say that? Uh, I think I'm using a Spanish word. Uh, promoting them, you know, promoting them and um, building building them up. And so, because one of the key things that legionaries want to do is, is change culture, right? That's what every religious order does, but we do it in a specific way. So that's what we kind of want to talk about today. And these birds, um, the bird motif has to do with two rivals. So I'll introduce the first one, you can introduce the second one. So the first one are the culture vultures. Oh my gosh. That's a vulture sound. (laughs) (laughs) And so the culture vultures, they are, they're these ugly birds who, who feast on rotting flesh, as we all know. And there's, there's some things to to be concerned about in today's culture, right? People um, are feeding on, on rotting flesh in many cases. And we got to stop that. We, we, we need to bring them to the, to the banquet. We need to, we need to, you know how vultures gather on the ground? Um, like they're, they're always like circling above, but then they gather on the ground and then there's just like a big mass and they're just, you know, they're just feasting, right? Well, we need to, we need to, we need to get them some fresh air. We need to get them, we need to move their, get them to like fly back up into the air and, and to see that it's not about death. It's about life. And so the rivals of the culture vultures are the 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 flying phoenix. Okay, so if a culture is dying, you'll see signs of that death because there's vultures that are circling around in the air, and you can tell above and like, okay, like this is it. You know, this is maybe the last day. This is our our dying moments. A flying phoenix, on the other hand, is a sign of new life. Like, you know, as you know, like the phoenix is the bird that rises from the ashes, like sign of, of resurrection and new life and newness. And so uh, we're also going to be talking about this rival bird to the culture vulture is the flying phoenix. And so never, ever is it going to happen that there's only negative in our lives. And I think part of the Dunque hermeneutic and here at TJFF 
And as legionaries, as Redenham Christian members, as Catholics and Christians, going this goes back to Jesus himself and to St. Paul, you're always looking at finding the positives, finding the values in a culture that maybe seems like, oh, it's all, it's all going wrong and bringing new life out of that. Um, and so we're going to be kind of analyzing parts of the culture. We're going to talk about how we as legionaries uh, go about trying to change culture, throw out ideas, and see where this gets us. Which bird will prevail, Brother Andrew? So you want to start us off? So Brother Andrew, I was thinking as we were talking before, uh, like you talk about, okay, like how does a legionary go about it? Or like you said, like there's there's different congregations you mentioned before that like everyone's trying to change culture, but in different ways, like how do you think a Redden Christie member and a legionary of Christ specifically being the priestly branch of Redden Christie, how do we go about, uh, fending off culture vultures? Yeah. These culture vultures, we need to, that's exactly right. We need to, we need to, we need to get out our, our rifle and like shoot them <laughs> or, or maybe that was a little dramatic, but <laughs> little. <laughs> a little dramatic, but well, the first thing, Brother Luke or Deacon, is that we need to define our terms. And so what is culture? What does it mean? Um, so if you, if you go back to the Latin root, you'll find some interesting information. I don't actually know what, what the Latin root is. <laughs> but you can look it up. That's your homework. <laughs> but what is a culture? So a culture is basically um, the, the patrimony of values that sustains a certain society. That's what a culture is. Like all the, the like a set of, of, of values and traditions, ideas that, that move people's minds, right? The basic principle in culture is that ideas affect behavior. So if you have a certain idea about the way the world is, the way life is, the way people are, the way who, who God is or who he isn't, or if he exists, uh, anything that has to do with society, which is basically everything, everything to do with philosophy and theology, any one of these ideas will affect the way that you live. So, for example, the most one of the most obvious things, everybody com complains about, we all complain about secularization in society. People don't believe people, God is not relevant to people. So, because I don't believe that God is important or that maybe he created the world, but maybe he's just kind of like a clockmaker who just kind of like, oh, he created the world and then he kind of went away. Well, if I, that's my vision of God, then, then I, don't, I can't experience God as, as a father, a merciful father. And that means it could be really hard for me to forgive people. And what, is that? What, could that, what could that be connected to? That could be connected to an attitude of, uh, of, of not forgiving others, of, of holding grudges, maybe even being violent. So there's a really big connection between ideas and behavior. And that's why it's essential for, for priests, for random Christie members, um, especially legionaries, this is part of our charism, to, to analyze culture. What are the ideas that are going around? What are, what are the set of, what, what's, what's moving and shaking this place where I live, this city, this country? And what, what's good about it? What's, what's not good about it? How can I, and how can I uh, affect uh, better change? So, so yeah, that's kind of what culture is. Um, and I, you were telling me earlier, like, there's there's so many ways to change culture. What you, you just did some activity, I think, with um, a group of uh, of young people who were who were struggling with drugs. What was it? What was that about? Yeah, exactly. So, like, changing a culture and trying to bring people out of s certain negative, destructive situations that they might be in in their lives. 
So I'm working, as you all know, in Monterey, Mexico with uh, a boys, like an adolescent um, Catholic leadership organization, ECYD, for all of you who know what that is, and um, it's specifically called Club Faro. And so coming come Christmas time, we wanted to do some type of uh, apostolate, some apostolic mission, some uh, good work with our families, so the families of the boys, and we got in contact with a, a home of for basically rehabilitation for women who are um, have been addicted to drugs. Uh, some of them are also involved in prostitution. And uh, and I was expecting maybe like a little bit older. Some of them came and they were very young. They were in teen- they were teenagers. And right. we put this event together with a lot of help and support from parents who uh, organized the meal. There was, so it was like a nice formal Christmas meal along with some music. And I helped put that together with some of the boys who play guitar and cajon, like the little, like the drum that you kind of sit on top of it and you play. And there was a, a woman who took care of what she calls laugh therapy because there's a, there's a real power to humor, all right? And so we, we put this event together and it's a very small step to helping these people. They're already in a program. They live um, in this household together. There's psychologists that um, live with them. They're constantly with them and helping them to get through it. These women began the night by introducing themselves. They said their names. They said, I'm a drug addict. And I think that's like one of the first steps, right? That to overcoming your addiction is admitting that you're addicted. But they said it in front of us, in front of the kids, in front of the parents um, with no shame, very courageous. And then they said, and I've been sober for this long, three months, six months, eight months. And so again, it's a small step to changing a culture. You're changing the lifestyle of someone, their... um, and they have to separate themselves from where they were before. So they're taken from, you know, the negative situation that's brought them to start using drugs to a household where they're loved, where they're, um, the faith is given to them. They live a, a beautiful sisterhood. That's just what I was perceiving among them. Like they just all got to know each other from living in this house. But since they do everything together, um, they have classes together. They, they have dance class together. It's like their exercise. They have like a dance class each day. Uh, they have prayer moments together. The director invites over priests for mass and for confession. And I just saw the joy. And like it was this, it was almost like them reliving their childhood that had maybe been taken away from them because of these negative situations and uh, that they were placed in and then maybe bad decisions that they had made and we all make mistakes. Uh, and so, I don't know, it was, it was a beautiful example for me of the power of uh, embracing true culture, which is faith, which is are the values of generosity and, and selflessness and how, yeah, you kind of, your life on drugs is basically death because you, you lost your freedom. You're, um, you can't decide anymore. Um, these gifts that God has given us are basically, you, you don't, you can't use them or at least not to their fullness, their full potential. It's kind of like a death and the faith and being clean gives you this new life. It's like the, the flying phoenix that hopefully all of us can look for in our lives. If there's parts of us that maybe have lost that freedom or maybe have lost that ability to use our minds and our will that, like, that God has given us. Um, so that, that's that's one example. Um, and uh, brother, brother Andrew, bringing it back to you, I don't know if you have another example or just to talk about maybe where you've seen in your formation that um, in, like the intentionality of, okay, as a legionary, Redden Christian member, but as legionaries, um, we need it. We want to change culture. What does that mean? And how, how are we intentionally forming ourselves to do that? Or what's been important for you personally? 
Yeah. The most, the first principle that we really focus on is knowing your audience. Mm. Who is your audience? Who are you going to help? Who are you, who are you going out to minister to? Who are these people that are in front of you listening to you, like for the priest, like on Sunday morning in the homily? Because you could, you could just have your own ideas and things that you like, that you want to talk about, whatever. But if it, but if it, if it doesn't connect to the people that you're with, you're just wasting your time, man. And so you need to know your audience. And so like what you, the activity that you did, like going out and helping with these, these people who are struggling with drugs, like those are things that we need to do. We, we need to know what people are suffering from, these, these signs of, of, of death that are in culture, right? Because to administer med- the correct medicine, you have to know what, you have to be able to diagnose the problem, right? And so the first thing is, is like, who, who's our audience? Who, who's, who, what's going on in, in life today? What's going on in politics? What's going on in, in, in music and entertainment? Uh, what are the values that are, that are in, in lyrics? Like all, all this stuff, know your audience. Um, and the second thing is, is something that we've always heard that priests insist on, something I've never really done, <laughs> at least on the apostolate, is, is dedicating an hour every day, even though you're uh, in, like in an active ministry, to study. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're doing that a, a bunch. I'm doing that. You, well, you just finished your, 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 how many years was it? 12 years of formation? Something like yeah. that? 13? I mean, both of us, 2009. So, like, it's going to be 12 and a half come ordination. Yeah, yeah. 13. So, yeah. It's, a, it's a long, so it's definitely a long time. And some people are always, they're always shocked. Oh my gosh, 12 years or 13 or 14, or I'm going to be 15 actually. <laughs> and so people are always like, like it's so long, um, but you need, we need to study. We need, we, we need to, un- we need to sit down at our desks and we it, it, you have to, it takes time to understand like where did the great values that were in previous societies, um, the first Christian era or the middle ages, the Renaissance, where did these come from? And, and, and who wrote, who wrote about them? These philosophers, Plato, Aristotle, Thomas Aquinas, St. Augustine, um, the Renaissance humanists, uh, Da Vinci, all these people, they generated culture. They, they, they gave birth to a flourishing Western civilization. And so today we see sort of signs of decay, right? And so in order to understand, like, how can we, how can we uh, bring this culture back to life? We have to be in contact with, with thinkers, with philosophers, with theologians. Um, and that means self-discipline of, of taking time in your day and, and, and dedicating at your desk in silence, going through these ideas, reading, reading texts, reading books, listening to podcasts. Um, and Random Christie, that's why formation is so important because we have to form our minds. It's one, it's actually... It's actually a work of mercy. It's a spiritual work of mercy um, to, and it's maybe worded a little negatively, to instruct the ignorant, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we could word it to, to, share, to share wisdom, to share what you've learned to, with other people is, is the work of mercy, right? Works of mercy are corporal, right? Like the example that you gave, uh, Deacon. But there are, there's all, there are also spiritual works of mercy. Um, and study actually can be one of them if you if you offer it up with that intention. You know, I want to bring life. I want I want to bring this flying phoenix um, back into into culture today, so that we can bring new life, right? And chase away these these uh, these culture vultures. Very well put. And it's something I I love about Pope Francis is that he gets people he gets people talking about things that we need to talk about and. You all know just recently he talked about um, 
it's it's selfish for couples today to own pets rather than have children or to adopt and you know like you're hitting on an important point when you get like all these people complaining and angry like he hit something that is a sensitive spot because it's happening and it is in my in certain senses and in certain cases an injustice because there are kids that need to be adopted and sometimes we give more importance to a puppy or a cat than a human person and and so i was just reading um a couple articles on like the feedback or like the the stir that it's caused and actually one lady who you could tell she wasn't happy with what he said and she's like no that's not true in all the cases because not everyone um has you know it's has the economic possibilities to have children or because of the work or because of the situation of the world or climate change all these things and she threw it in different like possibilities or like obstacles for having kids she did say that as a christian she was catholic she said as a christian and a catholic i know that each person each of us is called to love and to give themselves selflessly but there's so many ways to do that i don't need to have children and so that's already a really good discussion maybe for another podcast another day but i what i love about Pope francis is that he gets conversations that need to be had he get, he gets them going i don't think Pope francis is going to come out and say oh i'm sorry He's not going to come out and clarify. He might just leave it at that and let the rest of us talk and say, okay, what kind of culture do I want or do I want to live in or do I want to uh, influence to have an effect on a culture that yeah, has, gives more importance to, to animals and to pets than to human beings, than to the pro-life issue, than to adoption, to... Um, I don't know, ending poverty for human beings that don't have enough to eat, you know, um, or a culture that's, yeah, kind of superficial and, oh, I just like the way my puppy makes me feel. And so like, I'm happy. I don't need children. Like, like, and so he says it's risk. It's, it's, it's always risky to have children, but he said it's more of a risk to forget the importance of having children because what you're doing is forgetting and sacrificing motherhood and fatherhood. He says that's more of a, more of a risk. It's a greater risk than taking the plunge and you know the with all the uncertainty that there always is going to be in our lives can i raise a child in this environment and with the with my income and with i don't know all these different situations that someone might be in it's a greater risk to forget our call to motherhood and fatherhood whether that's biological or spiritual he says um and again it's like kind of knowing your audience because he hit the nail on the head he got people talking and he has from cnn to fox to national catholic register to reporter to all these They'd be able to talk about the same because it's it's in your face, but hey, like now now let's start a discussion. You know, let's get things going. Um, that was one cool example I saw of a possible flying phoenix, a flying phoenix in the making that is going to help us at least notice there's culture vultures above us, and we're saying okay, this could be a sign of a dying culture that forgets the dignity and the value of the human person. Amen to that, brother. Here in Italy, the, we're going through a demographic winter, as Pope Francis often said. You know, and I think this is where, he, this is where his, his, his comment about, you know, pets and children is coming from. Here it's, it's, in Italy, it's not very, I mean, I have to say that I haven't traveled all around Italy, you know, so I, I don't have the, the breadth of experience here in Italy. But it, it's not a very common sight, at least here in Rome, to see pregnant women. Hmm. Um, or, or to see, when, I, when I've gone out to towns or whatever, to see to see women who are having children. Um, it's, it's very common that families here 
or have 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 one child or maybe just two and and usually much older like uh mid 30s or so and so you you, you would find somebody who's in their early 40s maybe with a, with a kid who's really young like you know five years old or whatever um and so there's so many factors there's so many reasons right um why why this is the case but one of them is because we have this I think one of them is this, this idea that um, children or, or whatever, it doesn't have to be an example of children. It could be like any, anything that, that requires a, a, a life changing um, change <laughs> to my life. Something that, something that alters my life so significantly um, is, is something that I should, I should sort of reject, you know, because having a child is, it changes everything. I mean, it, it totally reorients your life. Your life is not about you. It's mm. about kid, you know, it's about these, these, your, your wife, your husband, et cetera. Um, so this is just one simple aspect of, of culture, right? Another aspect of culture um, that, that work that, that's as, as men and women of the church, right. And Christie members that were called to analyze is politics. Um, right now um, the news networks are, talking about the, the insurrection that happened or there was these rioting's that happened on January 6th, a year ago, right? And without going into the merits, as it's very polemical, right? People love Trump, people love Biden, people hate them both. Um, it's a discussion on how did, how did this happen? How did this event happen? What, what is guiding us? What are the institutions that led such a large group of people to to do what they did to, to take over the capital. How did that happen? What, where are they getting their information from? Um, and the, the, where, where they're getting their information from, why are those agencies producing that sort of information? Or are they fighting against another sort of information that's out there? Like what, what, what this should generate, you know, discussion, like what, what are these cultural movements going on? Like all these new terms that we've heard identity politics and alt-right and white supremacists and, defund the police, uh, black, all these events, woke. Um, we should be analyzing these things um, and understanding where these people are coming from because there, there's a lot of bad stuff, right? There are a lot of culture vultures, but there's also elements that are, that are good insights, right? That we should capitalize on and that'll help people fly up like, like a phoenix. Mm -hmm. um, one small example, in, this, in these Trump riots, right? I'll just say like that. Um, these people who rioted in support of President Trump, um, they are really zealous about keeping America faithful to its to the values that were present at its foundation, and that's a really good thing. That's a, any any country that's founded um, has a has a constitution, right, or has some sort of document that sort of enshrines in that moment in time uh, values that bind these people together, and that's really important. That's um, really important to to safeguard that. So, so there are always there are always good intentions. There are always things that we can we can promote and that we can understand, and so we can foster dialogue with people who don't think like the way we do. Mm. And so, basically, what I want to say is, a legionary uh, is called to to take a step back, to dedicate time to analyzing what's going on, and to and to seeing what have past thinkers said about maybe current events today, and how can I shed light? How can I how can I you know cast away these these vultures are, 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 you know, these, uh, that wasn't a vulture, that was a chicken. <laughs> how can we get rid of, how can we get, how can we get rid of these, 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 these troublesome animals so that, 
so that we can help people to fly again. Yes. And um, you're probably going to mention it too, but another form of doing this, it would be great to get up on a podium and convince, you know, a million people on the spot that, oh yeah, like those are values that I agree with and they're being lost. And so I'm going to like all million at, at once, you know, but it's, that's not true. It's, you know, God works gradually. His grace works gradually and he works personally. And so we as legionaries and running Christian members, a big part of changing culture, it starts person to person. It starts at home. It starts in small ways. Uh, and it's gradual. It's very, very gradual and strategic. And so Jesus, just like he, he had his 12 apostles, you know, it was, it's also our calling to, you know, try to make a big impact in society, but to do that through forming a few strong, convinced apostles that are go out and by a legionary and an increasing member doing that, you have a much bigger impact than you can have just alone. If it's just all about you, I have to be the one changing culture and forming. No, like I want to, I want to help form other culture changers um, that will help me spread this message uh, so that, yeah, so that Christ's gospel will enlighten all these different aspects. Uh, Like you mentioned politics. There's a really cool apostolate I love that's started in Monterey. Now it's getting bigger and it already has different um, locations in other parts of Mexico, at least. I think in Central America as well. And that's called Valia. V-A-L-I-A. And it's an institute that get, offers diplomas to uh, university students. As they're studying their normal majors, they can sign up and study one a, extra class each semester. And it's compatible with all, a bunch of different universities. Um, and you can study one extra class each semester. And then when you graduate, you have, I don't know if it's a minor, if it's a diploma or a license or what you call it, in, in ethics in different categories. So it can be a business ethics, it can be political ethics, there's digital, or I think something like that with like social media ethics. Um, they have a couple other ones that I'm forgetting now. And that's another way you're changing culture. So this diploma is forming future businessmen and women who are going to be you know in charge of companies and they're understanding the need and the importance of having ethics you know in your in your business. So it's not just about making money and uh, competition, but it's about doing all that, um, holding on to certain values. Um, and so, yeah, you do that. We do that. We try to do that on a very personal level, thorough, personal, deep, profound formation um, for each individual that we come in contact with. Um, and that's how, little by little, the gospel message and the Christ's kingdom will reign in society, in the hearts of all people and in all societies. Amen. And that has a, that, I love what you said. Like our mission is forming cultural changers. Like that's, that's, that's what we do. That's exactly what we do, Deacon. We we're so folk. We, we, we really want to change the world. We, we're really passionate about it. We're really, I, I love that. Um, there's a line that Pope Francis has, and I think it's in Evangelii Gaudium, his first, one of his first documents that he publishes Pope. He said that we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be, um, dour judges bent on rooting out every moral deviation, but guardians of the beauty and the goodness and the truth of the gospel, right? like guardians, like this is a treasure that we have that we want to bring to other people. And yeah, I just love this. So I just love that. Yeah. We're, we're, we want to form people. We want to form cultural changers. That's what, that's what we're, that's what we're all about. And so we have to go one by one. And so a consequence of that is that usually like random Christie and, and LCs 
um, and consecrated, we're, we're sort of more focused on smaller group apostolates. Um, we do have sort of a big, sometimes we have big events, right? But, but that's usually not our thing. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't be um, running this huge, uh, big thousand, thousand strong weekend retreat. Like, like these amazing Steubenville conferences that I used to go to with Franciscan, like those, like we wouldn't do something like that because it's just, that's, uh, we're not, that's not our strong point. Like our strong point is more smaller groups. Um, and because we really focused on the one-on-one spiritual direction as, as RC members, all you guys know. Right. So, so yeah, but I just love that. Like we're, we're, we're cultural. We want to be cultural game changers. We want to form these people. We want to, we want them to, 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 to bring out of their treasure box what what civilization has, what the what the Catholic Church has for the world, and that these people uh, who are just feasting on rotting flesh um, don't realize. And we need we need to so we need to we need to waft these these aromas of of goodness towards them, so they, and slowly attract them back into the fold, so that they can be set on fire. That that's our that's our mission, and it's it's so exciting. There's so many ways to do it. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know what, what you want to add. Uh, it's just awesome. All I want to add is... Uh, uh, uh. Alright, that was half wolf, half rooster. <laughs> nah. That was not a rooster at that all. Half rooster. <laughs> anyway. Um, because we need to wake up people. Like you, need, like you might think, oh, I can't do anything to change culture. But you can do something that I can't and that Brother Andrew can't. And each of us can do something that others can't because God has given each of us certain gifts. And kind of like what Brother Andrew's saying, like to instruct the ignorant, there's, there's, it's sort of like a disservice to, it is a disservice to the world and to culture and to the church for you to hide or not use your talents or to not dedicate your strengths and your day to make, to, to um, spread the gospel in, in small ways and big ways. And, but whatever way, that God is asking you in a particular way. Um, and that's the important thing. As legionaries, and you know, we dedicate a lot of time to spiritual direction because we believe and we know that by your baptism, you have the Holy Trinity living inside of you. And God is constantly speaking to each one of us and inspiring us to say this, to do this, to not say this, not do this, and to help us grow continually. And we come to moments in our life where things are really difficult. And that's not a moment to to hold back or to give up or to slow down, but it's a moment to ask yourself, why? Dunque, what is God then trying to ask me in this moment in my, the difficulties I'm having with a friend or with my spouse or kids or at work? And uh, yeah, a big part of working person to person is trying to help each of us have, do, have a better relationship with that person who means everything and is the most important aspect of any culture and of our existence, which is God. The most important relationship we have is our relationship with God and a culture that doesn't express that we're made in the image and likeness of God and that we're made for him and made by him is a culture that's dying and a life without having that conscious all the time, you know, or at least, you know, stopping and thinking and remembering that I'm a child of God and that he loves me, that he's with me and accompanying me and has a plan, a mission for me, an exciting mission for me is a life that's also sort of, maybe you look up, you might have some vulture circling because they're like, ah, this person has already kind of lost hope and this person's kind of forgotten their identity. And so we have to be constantly reminded of who we are. We're children of God, uh, baptized and and adopted by God, which 
sometimes it maybe sounds like um, something less than being biological, but it's not. God, God chose when you when you're when you're a parent who adopts, you're choosing. When you're a parent biological, you don't choose. You just you. I mean, you chose life, but when you see a child and you adopt, it's because I'm intentionally choosing you. So you've been through your baptism chosen by God to be His, and um, to ward off those culture vultures. Just remember that every day. Remember, I am a child of God. I have a mission. It's it's exciting. It's awesome. I can be an apostle like Brother Andrew. Um, and it starts at home. It starts today. It starts with the decisions I make. Um, Brother Andrew, do you want to throw down a couple bird seeds to get rid of those? <laughs> Maybe poison? Yeah, not, a, not a gauntlet this time. A couple bird seeds. Yeah, I will. I will spread a spread a few, few seeds. This this new year, twenty twenty two. All right, you folks. Um, one of my goals this year is to is to read more because I get so caught up in my daily activities. It's so strange because I'm I'm studying theology, but I can get so lost uh, and and carried away by all the things I have to do that I don't take time. Okay, just sit down and read this book. I, I'm I, on my shelf. I have Crime and Punishment waiting for me by Dostoevsky. And it's just, it's just collecting dust. So what I recommend to you folks is this year should be a year of reading because to understand culture, we have to read. Um, it doesn't have to be, maybe some of you, it's hard to, it's, you're really busy. Reading can, can be listening too. So get like an audible account if you already, if you already have one, if you don't have one or, or sign up for word on fire Institute that Bishop Barron does. It's, they produce excellent resources. So many amazing videos. They, they, they're, they're changing culture for Christ. Um, listen to, listen to the RC podcasts that are, they're really well produced and uh, Father Bartunik's uh, retreats that he does. There's so many resources available, but this year should be a year of forming yourself, of dedicating time. This is, it's not just a, it's not just a hobby or a site. This is, this is an essential part of your baptism of forming your mind. Um, loving others also is, is forming your mind to give them wisdom. That's that's a great way to love other people. So that's that's what I suggest. So my, my bird seeds for this new year are you need to you need to read, read, listen, sign up, do something, form your mind. Yes, and yeah, I, I was just talking to someone today, and they're telling me about their um, their brother who has kind of been far from the faith, who's just never very interested, and. She's invited him, you know, a few times to like do something like, hey, we want to read this book together and talk about it. And he's like, kind of like never really showed interest. Suddenly he did show interest and they, they just finished, um, I think today, their consecration to St. Joseph. And basically what it consisted of, I mean, at least for the brief explanation I got, was one minute audios each day. And that was enough to get him hungry for more. And he said, okay, when are we going to do the next one? And so it doesn't have to, like, what are the interesting, what is he inviting you to? It doesn't have to be sitting down for a really long period of time, or at least you don't have to start like that. Just, it could be a very yeah. short, it's amazing how just lifting our head, our eyes, our hearts to God or to something, to some value that's transcendent um, that can inspire us throughout the rest of the day. It's amazing how that, how that can affect our way of kind of the dunque of, of receiving, uh, having different experiences of the day and receiving information and like, it gives us a new lens uh, to, yeah, to want to have that have that passion very much alive in us all the time, to be these flying phoenixes that are that are constantly finding new life and through reading and through formation and through this, they're finding you're feeding yourself and warding off those 
those parts of us that maybe are dying out because you're too busy or you're stressed or um, you've lost hope in your lives. Um, I don't know. I think I think with that, uh, we can sort of wrap up, um, put all these put all these birds back in their cages, and it's now now up to each of our listeners to to choose what kind of what species of bird, what bird sounds you're gonna be making this. <laughs> What, what uh footprints bird footprints will you be leaving behind <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i uh, like one of the one of the birds i i really like favorite bird well, i love eagles but i don't know what sound they make and another bird that i love is their penguins the march uh, of the yeah. penguins documentary yeah that's great i don't know if you knew this but there are penguins in australia that don't live they live in a hot area of australia did you realize that i always thought no. they lived exclusively in snow and cold regions but no there are penguins that live and swim on the beach so well i learned something new today thank you very much that and more to come on future episodes of don't forget people we do not just do we do god bless What was that? What was that? TGIFM. What was that? Two brothers in row. What was that? What was that? TGIFM. What was that? It's a double F, not a singular F. TGIFF Instagram is TGIFF.podsquad. Facebook, Instagram, Internet. All over.